and a time to consider the depth and the greatness of God's love for us as he exhibited through the greatest act of love ever when he sent his son Jesus. You'll be hearing some music. You'll be hearing some scripture read. You'll be hearing some responses to the scripture that is being read. We just invite you to remain seating, uh, remain seated throughout this experience tonight. And at the close of our time together, we will have opportunity to share in a communion celebration. So before we start, would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us. May we sense your presence in ways that even surprise us. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of grace that you reach out to us in ways that amaze us. Help us now to focus on what you would have us to focus on. Let us leave behind all the distractions and the things that tend to fill our minds in the course of the week. And may we just give, give all of that to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. As we consider what happened 2,000 years ago, the Savior of the world paid an amazing price. So sit with us as we attempt to place ourselves in the context of the crucifixion. The Romans were experts in the most effective means of torture and death. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, died with criminals on either side. He did indeed die a criminal's death. It is interesting to note that when he came into the world as an infant, there was no place for him to be born except an isolated cave in which animals made their habitation. And now, as he will soon exit this world, those who were closest to him, with the exception of some of the women and John, they were in hiding for fear of their lives. This is a time for grief. This is an opportunity to ask ourselves, where would I have gone when Jesus was on the cross? How would I have responded to people calling me out as his follower? How would I have reacted to the antagonists who insisted that Jesus was not God's son? Let's listen in on some of the words from the cross that were written down for our benefit today. Let's consider the turmoil of the inner struggle of the heart our human condition to walk away from God, even to reject the greatest act of love that will ever be given. Let us allow the reality of the moment to settle into our being. In the words of the songwriter, when I survey 
the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Listen to the song called True Love. Come close, listen to the story. About a love more faithful than the morning. The father gave his only son just to save us. The earth is shaking in the dark. All creation felt the father's broken heart. Tears were filling heaven's eyes. The day that true love died, the day that true love died, when blood and water hit the ground. Walls we couldn't move came crashing down, and we were free and made alive. The day that true love died, the day that true love died. your heart, you know you can't deny it, Lord, lose your life just so you can find it, Father gave his only son just to save us, the earth was shaking in all creation felt the Father's broken heart. Tears were filling heaven's eyes. The day the true love died, the day the true love died, when blood and water hit the ground. Walls we couldn't move came crashing down. When blood and water hit the ground, walls we couldn't move came crashing down. We were free and made alive. The day that true love died, the day that true love died. The first reading from Mark chapter 14, verses 66 through 72. Peter denies Jesus. 
Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You are one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, This man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, You must be one of them because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know what, you're, what man you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. Consider how Peter must have felt in that moment. What a profound impact Jesus had made in his life. Jesus had told him, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. When we come face to face with the bitter reality of our own self, we can quickly concede that the expectations that we set for ourselves are worlds apart from reality. We are up for the task. We will not disappoint. We mean well. Yet, there's the inner struggle to make it stick. We are in conflict with ourselves and the things we want to do we cannot accomplish and the things we do not want to do are overcome by temptations. Perhaps the lesson to learn from the life of Peter is this. There is some of him in all of us. That is to say, we are all limited in our ability to carry out the mission. Peter had to learn to deal with his weakness. He needed to see his complete inability to be courageous when he needed courage, or to simply be honest, especially when it was so painful. The second reading, Matthew chapter 27, verses 38 through 44. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down from that cross. The leading priests the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we will believe in him. 
He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. Unbelief carries many demands. If you don't do what I demand you do, when I demand it, and for however long I demand it, I will not believe your words. Unbelief is a choice that we make, one choice after another. Our creator, God, has provided the gift called faith to be the vehicle in which we experience his favor in life. Anything short of faith is our man-made attempt to reach God, to fashion our own image of what God looks like. Surely God ought to be able to do whatever we demand. Otherwise, what kind of God is he? If you are the Messiah, take yourself down from the cross, the unbelievers cried. Do I make demands of God? Do I insist on having my own litmus test in which to determine whether or not he passes the line of demarcation that would declare him God? Like those who shook their fists in the face of God, do I ever demand of him that he would right some wrong, change some action, declare some ideal, or simply give me what I want? What is really at stake when I am tempted to look on in unbelief? My failure to believe has no bearing on his ability to deliver. My lack of understanding has no hold on his wisdom or his knowledge. My desire to use him for my gain has no key to his sovereign will. Shall I choose to write him off? To shout all the louder when I don't get my demands met? It is rather in the stillness, in the quiet, when I rescind my right to be the judge, to put aside the demands, the calculations, all the human limitations, and look squarely in the eyes of faith with no defenses, admitting my lack of belief in the midst of his ability to change me from the inside out. Tenderness, he saw me weary and sick with sin, and on his shoulders brought me back to his fold again. While angels in his presence sang until the courts of heaven rang. Oh, the love that's on me. grace that brought me to the fold. 
grace that brought me to the fold of God. He died for me while I grace all daily ponder and sing anew his praise with all adoring wonder his blessings I retrace it seems as if The third reading, John 19, 25 through 27. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. What a deeply compassionate man is Jesus. While he was experiencing excruciating physical pain, struggling for every breath, 
He acknowledges the relationship between his mother and John. He affirms the need for human relationship in this dark, flawed, and broken world. He speaks tenderly and yet firmly about the meaning of relationships. It is the design of the Father, after all, to build our lives on relationships and for those relationships to thrive, to be meaningful and loving. The master relationship builder is able to affirm his mother's need for comfort in her grief and John's ability to be a conduit of that comfort in her life. John and Mary were poised to receive these instructive and precious words from Jesus. They had nothing to add to those words, only to act on them and fulfill the mission of loving each other while they honored the words of Jesus. What is it that we can learn from this scene? Like John and Mary, we come to him empty-handed. Ready to hear from the teacher, we stand prepared to hear his voice that extends compassion, tender, and thoughtful. The relationships that are given to us by God are designed to build up, not destroy, to extend help and hardship rather than retreat to self, to envelope with comfort, to send the embrace of unconditional love, while dealing at the same time with life's turmoil and the agony that we are accustomed to experience in this sin-stained world. fourth reading Luke 23 39 through 43 one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed so you're the Messiah are you prove it by saying yourself saving yourself and us too while you're at it but the other criminal protested don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die we deserve to die for our crimes but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Only God can change a human heart. When we experience that change, it feels like a fresh wave of complete innocence, because it is. When we sense our deep need for him, his touch, his acceptance, it completely frees us up to run to him, unhindered, as he waits with perfect patience and acknowledges that we've returned home. There's absolutely nothing we can do about it except to simply say thank you. Thank you for not counting my sin against my standing before you. Thank you for including me in your eternal plan. Thank you for receiving me with no strings attached. Thank you for showing me that no matter how deep I sink, your love is deeper still. Thank you that your words can be trusted with every situation that I encounter. Thank you for paying my debt that could not otherwise have been paid. Thank you for the greatest gift that I could ever or will ever receive, the gift of redemption. Uh, before, before we sing uh, the next song, I want to just give a little bit of context. Uh, this song is called Revenge, um, and it's... It's got a unique perspective. Um, it's written uh, just kind of to offer uh, up uh, one possibility of what was going through the mind of the criminal hanging on the, on the cross next to Jesus, um, who started out 
scoffing and um, angry and trying to take that out on Jesus. Uh, and in the end, he turned to understand uh, that he was the only one who could save him. Um, so it's a little bit of a different song, and, you know, that's hopefully will be a good thing. I invite you to listen. I'm the failure, I'm everyone's fool, and I'm losing my cool at the end. I'm the loser, my numbers come up, I've been hung up with thoughts of revenge, revenge, revenge. I watched you from my terminal view As you struggled to rise to your end I laughed hard at the insults we threw As the weight of the world found revenge Revenge, revenge world hung upside down but I drew first blood I drew first blood with my hate for a crown I drew first blood I drew first blood revenge I watched heaven dying today And I'm gonna die here tonight I'm a villain, I deserve to be dead I've been hung up for wrecking my life Revenge, revenge So I stopped for a moment to look at the sun dying a day. That's when the irony hit me that this was revenge. Love had descended and stolen our pain. Consumed heaven's sun, and I drew first blood. I drew first blood, but my hate was undone. I 
Here's a story how a thief had been robbed, how a murderer had stolen my rage. Think of me, Lord, I'm a few breaths away as my lungs finally rip from the cage. Revenge, revenge. As we've taken a few moments to be still and to take time to process what took place 2,000 years ago, to come to grips with our own need for his power to work within me, within us, to trust him completely with every fiber of our being, to really understand that it was for us, that it was for me, that it was for you, that he died if we were to internalize the truth of this, it has the power to change us because he has the power to change us, starting with our attitude and then dealing with our doubts, moving into our past and all the hurts that we continue to hold on to. In short, there's nothing that we can ever experience that will separate us from his love for us. And this is the message of Good Friday. In order for the mountaintop of Easter and all its celebratory joy, we need to feel the gravity of what needed to happen before to wait at the cross, to hear the mockery of an unbelieving heart, to feel the pain of betrayal, to sense how quickly those people can be us. To know our own heart and then to know the deep compassion of a suffering Savior. To hear the message of forgiveness and a new beginning. We can be moved from despair and hopelessness to a depth of joy and fulfillment in knowing that we are loved more than we can possibly understand. The Bible tells us to remember what he has done for us. He is our advocate. He is our rescuer. He is the scapegoat, the lamb who was sacrificed on our behalf. He is our redeemer. He is our king. He deserves our highest praise. From the words of Revelation, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever.
as we've had these moments to consider the forgiveness offered through Jesus Christ. We invite you to participate in our communion celebration. And so, if you trust Jesus as your Lord, your Savior, you're encouraged to proceed from the center aisle. And on either side, we have the bread and a gluten-free option as well. And some grape juice for you to bring back to your seat. If you're not sure about trusting Jesus or you haven't come to that place yet in your life, we just encourage you to remain seated and to, to just be present. And with that, we will offer uh, our prayer team. They'll be available here upon the completion of our communion time. They'd love to pray with you. Feel free to take as much time as you would like. There will be several songs that will be played. There's no rush to leave. When you know that it's time for you to head out, you're certainly free to uh, leave the worship center in quiet fashion. But again, this is a holy time, a time for us to reflect on God's great love for us. And so as we listen to some music, I encourage you to partake of our communion celebration. of ages clap for me let me hide myself in thee let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flows of sin double cure save from wrath and make me pure not the labors of my hands can fulfill commands should my passion never fade and my efforts all be weighed all for sin could not atone you must say
nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling make it come to the address and helpless love to to the fount I fly watch me Savior or I die Your brow, your hands, your feet With nails and thorns The veil was torn To make a way for me You made a way for me Jesus, Savior, my God, my King, my Lord. Jesus, Savior, the victory is yours. Wrapped and bound, they laid you down, a perfect sacrifice. But in three days, the stone was rolled away, forever you're alive, forever. Savior, the victory is yours. 
the victory is yours turn your face away how long do you hear us when we pray on and on still we walk this pilgrim way how long how long to your children find the rest how long do you draw them to your breast we go on holding to your promises how long till you from every eye till we see our home descending from the sky do we wait in vain Jesus give us hope again how to your word will still the storm how long till you bear your mighty arm how we grow till you snatch us from the thorns how
Break our hearts, but strong our legs. Looking on, greet that cloud of witnesses. How Till you wipe away the tears from every eye Until we see our own descending from the sky Do we wait in vain? Jesus, give us hope again the end of the songs we had prepared for this evening. Uh, I invite you just to continue to stay if you'd like. We'll, we'll keep playing, um, uh, so don't let me interrupt if, if you'd like to stay, um, but feel free to, to leave as well. This has uh, been a great time with you guys, and thank you for coming this evening.